All right. So the name of the podcast is Application to Admission. I want it to be HBC versus PWIs, but you know, you think that's a little bit too too aggressive. And I, you know, I don't want to be aggressive. I want to make sure that I I treat your your your, your brother, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. right. You know, I don't come off too too militant. Even though Martin was a real militant man, he has some he has some really positive stances on a lot of things that people you know, have diluted his message through this holiday and all that, but that's a whole nother uh, episode. All right, I think we're recording. All right. You think? Yeah. Okay. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Application to Admission podcast. I am the co-host, Shereen Herndon-Brown, along with my brother from another mother, other... That's it. I won't say anything else. Um, Timothy L. Fields. Tim, how are you feeling today, my good man? You know what? I'm doing great. Uh, we are up in on early in California. Uh, we are out here doing some, some school um, programs. Uh, we had a counselor breakfast. So uh, we are out on the West Coast up early. Uh, but we wanted to make sure uh, they to make sure to get our podcast in, and we have a very very special guest today, sir. I'm I know I, every day I say I'm excited, but when I say school is in session, I mean school is in session, I like, man. I like that. That may be the title of this podcast. That's a very thank you, Timothy. Every now and then you say something genius. So I'm going to let you introduce our special guest because uh, yes, indeed, 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 the good doctor is special. Uh, we're pumped, you know. The Application to Admission podcast is here for families, students, parents, educators who want to learn more about the college admission space. Please share this, subscribe, connect with us. We have a, a host of ways you can do that. But I want to make sure we get our, our respectful of the time of the good doctor. Timothy, please proceed. So, Shereen, you know, I spend a little time on social media from time to time, you know, looking at do some tell, reels. On, do tell, do tell. You know, looking at some reels on Instagram, looking for inspiration and uh, one day, friend of the show, Marie Bigham, hit forwarded me something on Twitter, says, hey, you might be interested in this. It was a paper uh, that our guest, Dr. Falk, wrote. And the, the title is College Choice, Choice Dilemmas, Black Advantage Parents' Views on Their College Options. I said, whoa, 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 that's very similar to what we write about in the book. I want to kind of get into this. So I went and I found the paper and I read it and it was excellent. And then, you know, I'm not going to say, I say I direct messages, direct message, Dr. Falk. I'm not going to say I slid into DMs. I just sent a direct Tim, message. Tim, 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 this is a professional show. Please, I, please, professional show. Be yes, careful. I, I sent a direct message and says, hey, this is a great paper. It's aligned with some of the work we're doing. You know, would love to talk. Uh, then uh, we, you know, exchanged a couple of messages and we hopped on a Zoom call talked about the work. And so, you know, Dr. Falk is currently at the University of Richmond, where she has areas of expertise in racial and ethnic minorities, families, inequities, poverty, mobility, race, class, and gender. She is also uh, teaches a sociology of education and higher education. Um, but I think the thing that really most attracted me uh, to, you know, her work is really just you know, kind of really thinking about the choices that Black families are making as they're think going about this college process, especially those who have accumulated means, middle, upper middle class, affluent Blacks, and the choices that they make, and, and doing it from a scholarly way. 
So yes, yeah, Shereen, as we went about, you know, doing writing our book, we had some interviews, you know, we talked to some counselors, um, but, you know, she dug a lot deeper into this and she actually has a book that is coming out. And after I say all of that, you know, she has her uh, PhD from the Ohio State University. Um, no, but wait, 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 Tim, before, before you proceed. The, the Ohio the, State University. I, I, I heard what you said. The, okay. I get it. The article, we talked to another, the Ohio State person earlier. Make sure you ask her which sweatshirt she wears more, her alma mater, which I know you're about to lead into, or her graduate school. I want to see how that this little experiment here in our little racial divide, HWI, she calls it. I call it PWI, whatever it may be. Make sure you ask her that. Proceed. I, I will. Well, you know, it's, it's on the list of questions. Check your email. It's there. Don't even worry about it, sir. It's unnecessary, yeah. but you do what you do. <laughs> but she, as I said, she got a doctorate from uh, and, and a master's degree from the Ohio State University. Uh, so, you know, that is a great accomplishment. My mom went to the University of Michigan. You know, I'm not going to let that right, sit right there for right now. But she is a Spelman graduate, Sheree. Oh, you know, you know that that set well in my spirit, and uh, we obviously, you know, talked about that. Uh, so, you know, all that to say, welcome to the show, Doctor Falk. We are excited to have you here, and thank you for making the time. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Before we before we get started, I want to be very clear. I know that you guys have some Morehouse Spelman brotherly sisterly Ohio love, but then those Ohio State Michigan stuff that mm -hmm. you also have. Make sure we keep it to the topic in the academic space, Tim, because I recognize that your love slash hate thing with. I want to make sure we stay in line with our questioning. Yes, sure. We'll see what we can do. We All will right. see what we can do. All right. Start it off, please. Thank you. All right. So, I mean, I mean, there's so much I want to talk about, but, you know, first of all, just, you know, how did you get into this uh, line of research? You know, uh, you know, obviously you went to undergrad and um, what is your undergraduate degree in? My undergraduate degree is in sociology as well. So I have three degrees in sociology, three time degree holder. All right. So you, you study sociology, you know, all the way into it. But what led you down to this particular path of uh, research interest? Right. So I think it's some of the things that you mentioned already. I think my identity as a Spelman alum is really salient, right? It, I, I think that going to Spelman really changed my life. And I tell people that all the time. So it's hard to kind of completely divorce from that. Um, but at the same time, I've always been deeply like troubled um, and perplexed about social inequality just in general um, and, and specifically racial inequality and race and racism. And so I completed my master's thesis um, early on in my graduate education. And that was focusing on how, where you go to college shaped your earnings, right? So there's a lot of literature that suggests that um, perhaps going to HBCU might be um, a of disadvantageous in the earnings you know, kind of category. We know there's some social benefits, right? The networks, um, we always, you know, tout and celebrate the kind of cultural contributions that HBCU, HBCUs have made. Um, but I was really interested in how a credential from a Black college, how that shaped the earnings you were able to um, secure. And so when I finished that project, I started to think, well, maybe this process starts earlier on. Maybe the advantages or disadvantages um, start early on in the life course. And so I was interested in how, you know, families helped to support their children on this process, right? Um, how were parents helping children to navigate 
navigate their decision-making? Did it have anything to do with their, their parents' own journeys? And so I started to have those questions. Um, even though I didn't kind of know that my mom went to a historically black college or she didn't talk about it that way, she did graduate from a historically black college. And so there's a lot of like thought about how that may have influenced me indirectly. And so I started to ask these types of questions. How does family really matter when we think about this big and critical decision, right? It changed my life, right? But do other people view it that way? So I started to really use my own um, uh, trajectory as a case. And then I wanted to see if other Black families had alignment or misalignment with what my own journey was. I understand. And then just last question before Shireen gets in here. Where did your mother go to school? She went to Benedict College in South Carolina. Thank you again. Again, lots of information. Again, your, your paper is rich with research, to say the least. And, and I know you you know, you, you consult with a lot of families and you discuss how the, the geography of Columbus, Ohio and Georgia and that dynamic of Black wealth or Black uh, advantage families, as you call it. I got to know the, the terminology of HWI, mm -hmm. you know, historically white institution versus PWI, which is the much more colloquial expression of it. Why? Why did you insert that again? I know it's a frivolous thing, but why go mm -hmm. against the grain like that? Yeah, I think on the surface is semantic, right? You know, we're kind of talking about the same thing. We know what we're talking about, but I think calling an institution historically white makes room for the fact that even if contemporary, in the contemporary, you know, moment, it's not um, predominantly white, it still takes into consideration the fact that generations previously were uh, predominantly white space. So it just like makes room for, you know, now we have, a so California, for example, I know you all are in the West Coast. We have a lot of institutions that are becoming his, his, Hispanic serving institutions, but they were still historically white institutions. When they were founded, white um, students were the only people who were allowed to go there, right? And so it takes into account history um, and it allows us to you know, have an understanding that, that 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 set of values, that system, that culture may still be very prominent, even if the numbers have changed, right? It's really about thinking about the history and how culture and ideology may still uphold whiteness, mm -hmm. even if the student population is not predominantly, no longer predominantly white. So I kind of, you know, went a long way to say that, but yeah, it takes into account history um, and how I, I, that, that impacts it. I, I like words. So uh, I'm just trying to manipulate and add that to my vocabulary. So thank you. Uh, Tim, hit her with one of the questions that we have listed, because I have a little sidetrack question that I want her to answer. So I want to make sure we get through our bullet points first. Proceed, my brother. Thank you. Not a problem. I'm here to make sure to do what you tell me to do. Um, Today, so, I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so specifically, your paper, your research really, really centers around kind of, you know, upper uh, class blacks and, you know, those who, you know, have a little bit more means can, you know, have a little bit more resources to make some choices. So what are some of the unique challenges that upper middle class black face as they go about thinking about this process as how they're going to educate their children? And what are some of those differences between you know, Blacks who may be, you know, from a lower socioeconomic scale, like what are some of the different challenges amongst Black people based upon uh, their um, socioeconomic status? Yes. Yeah, so I will say that 
for the most part, my work is actually about showing how similar they are instead of how dissimilar they are, right? So um, on the one hand, we recognize that having class resources makes a difference, right? Being able to write the check for your child to go to college or to, you know, meet with a tutor or to, you know, play lacrosse, right? That makes a difference. We know that dollars and cents count. Um, but when we think about race and racism in our world, that impacts everybody, regardless of your class background. So in some ways, the, the paper does speak to the fact that Black advantaged parents, despite their uh, advantages, are still also grappling with how race and racism is going to impact their children. They're also similar in the fact that they want their children to be great, right? They want to invest in their children's lives. They want them to have better lives than they did, right? Or at least consistent and on par with the success that they as parents have accomplished. And so that's actually a big similarity, which I think is really important. Um, the other reason, though, that I was interested in focusing on I did assume, right, that having these class resources might create, you know, different pathways or different things to think about. Um, but in fact, Black advantaged parents are thinking about not only if their child goes to college, but where. And I think that's the distinction between those from low, lower income backgrounds. They're like, you go to college, you'll be great, right? Um, you'll, you'll be set, right? Um, and my research is um, focusing on how this set of parents are focusing on where. So it's that, that's a very small distinction. And I think obviously class resources can shape the where a lot, a lot differently, right? But I think it's important to highlight the similarities. I think that's what my work is really about that like, you know, um, class resources doesn't absolve you from the impact of racism or at least the, the, the worries and fears about it is really what my work highlights. So they're more similar than not similar. But of course, we know that class resources do provide advantages for families. I think that's extremely not just well said and well documented and trying to delineate uh, uh, class, but also what matters to people most, right? Going to what kind of school to ideally, at least from your paper, to earn a certain amount of desire for continued success. Would that be correct? correct? So there's right. levels to this. Right. right. The family wants the kid to go to the right school to get the right job, to read the right person, to just kind of I see nothing wrong with that. Okay. Honestly. And and I think there's I don't know if your paper's trying to poke holes in that or just show share evidence of, mm -hmm. but I want to know from the you say you're a sociology major. So you well, that's I guess it would be psychology, but what is this telling you about how people define success? I'll let Tim mm -hmm. chime in as about how do they define success? giving your research and do you agree with it or not? Yeah, I don't know if I'm in a position to say whether I agree with it or not, right? Um, I can only agree with what data show me, uh, but yeah, I, agree, I, agree. Will, I will say, I will say that, um, and I don't know if I, I'm not remembering correctly, but definitely in the book, I'll talk a lot about what, um, what parents are getting at when they're talking about what that success looks like. Um, and so they're often talking about not only getting a job, but being able to maintain the lifestyle that their parents provided them, right? That was the kind of the language that parents would refer to, right? So, you know, parents would talk about, we're, we've been able to, you know, travel, we've been able to go to see, you know, these cultural artifacts through museums and do, you know, do all kinds of things like that. And so I think it really is about um, 
not having to struggle. I think I think some of the parents also were talking about not wanting their children to struggle, not wanting them their children to come home and ask them for anything. So it's 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 quite um quite um varied kind of how they defined it. That's not something I explicitly focused on, but it did kind of come up there, there this conversation about wanting them to maintain the lifestyle that they um, were provided, right? And questions about whether they would be able to do that if they didn't kind of um, optimize their choices. And right? go to the right school. You can say right. it. You can say yes. it. Yes. Just say it. Yes. Spelman, yes. V. Ohio yes. State, Morehouse, yes. Michigan. Yeah. Right. You can't just go to, I'm not going to insert school. That would be rude. But I understand what you mean. Yes. So 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 now we're getting into the where. And mm -hmm. uh, you spend a lot of the time in paper talking about, you know, the, this choice the families are grappling with between, you know, HWIs, historically white institutions, and HBCUs, historically black college and universities. So, you know, and, you know, some of the discussion, obviously, you, you know, kind of give the, the merits of what, you know, the research was saying, but I particularly want to talk about HBCUs. And so mm -hmm. for those families you talked to, what were some of the hesitations for them considering historical black college universities for their students? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing, and this is for not just Black advantaged parents, but parents from all Black parents from all class backgrounds, the worry that their children will experience racism out in the world. So again, when I kind of articulated that there are more similarities than there are dissimilarities, this was like another thing um, of that, that process. But HBCUs, the parents are concerned about how HBCUs are perceived. So it's not necessarily that um, Black parents have um, malicious or negative perceptions of HBCUs personally, but it is this fear that employers, society at large, will hold these negative um, stereotypes about Black colleges. And so they, they are concerned that if their child attends a Black college, that when they go to um, secure a job, right, which matters very much <laughs> to this um, population, that employers will um, draw on all of the negative, um, stigmatizing, you know, anti-Black narratives about Black colleges. And so that's the fear. They're already Black, right? Um, and all of the fears, right, that is a or realizations that are associated with being Black in America, right? They already have that. And so they see potentially an HBCU degree as just adding another layer of discrimination. And so Black advantaged parents seem to be picking up on not only the racism that is directed at individuals, but the racism that's directed at institutions. You see, I said class was in session, sir. Are you taking copious notes? No, that's what I have Fathom and Fireflies for. Ah, so technology yeah. now allows me to have AI note taking in which I can generate a summary and get the transcript. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, once upon a long time ago, um, Dr. Falk, I thought about being in at the academic space. Um, and I, I thought about it. I'm not, we all make life choices. You're in the academic canon, sir. Let's not downplay it now, sir. You you have a book. I'm a hustler, baby. <laughs> I just want you to know. <laughs> 
given where you are now in your academic space, what you study, information you share, people you connect with, the impact you're having, bravo. What would you tell your 18-year-old self as you started Spelman about the academic, about the end result now? Like what, what would you tell yourself yesteryear in order to either prepare for this life or maybe I'm going a different direction? Yeah, I think that was a great question. Um, and thank you, thank you, thank a, you, thank you. A thoughtful you. question, it's, right? It's, it's Tim's question. If I don't, <laughs> if I don't say it, he's going to tell me later. So it's, it's a great question. It's a great question. I, I just posed it better than you would have. That's all. <laughs> it's such a thoughtful question, and I think, I think you know something that I would love to you know flesh out further is that parents actually ask me at the end of their interview right? Like, you know, what did you think about your choice? Um, and I think that, that that's one of the advantages of having someone um, who looks like the, the people that you're researching and who can relate to their experiences. So there's a lot of work out there that is not, um, that is not done with, done with that particular level of, of, of care, right? And so being a, a Black um, HBCU alum, I think really provided me with a nice rapport with my families. Um, and they they were curious. So um, this question about what would I tell my 18-year-old self, I would tell her to do any and everything, even if I'm remotely interested in it. Um, so I think about my career now as a sociologist, right? I would have been more um, in, interdisciplinary and focused, right? So English, right? Um, history, um, women, gender, and sexuality studies, right? Now I consider myself a lot more um, multidisciplinary, right? I have, I'm trained as a sociologist, but English and history, all of those things cannot be like divorced from what, from what I do, right? Um, uh, Spelman also had a very small documentary kind of program that has now full-blown, um, um, you know, full-blown documentary filmmaking major. And I wish I had started to get introduced to some of those things because what I'm really interested in is storytelling. Like research is one way for me to do that, but I'm really interested in telling stories about Black folks. And so I would tell her to just do all the things, right? Even if you don't necessarily see how the puzzles fit, to, you know, specifically, right, at the moment, just do things that give you a breadth and depth of, of, of learning that might spark your curiosity, because that's what I'm trying to do now, right, but I wish I could have done it, you know, back at, um, at Spelman, so that would be my advice to my 18-year-old self, do everything, do anything, um, be interested, be curious about the many ways that you, you can end up wherever that is, I think that would be my advice to her. Hey, Dr. Falk, I'm gonna throw a curveball. I, 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 I know, I know you're ready for this. Um, I'm chomping at the bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Shereen, you ready? You ready, man? I'm, I'm gonna give it to you. Uh, so, with everything that you said, you mentioned history, you mentioned English, you mentioned critical thinking. Mm -hmm. um, how do you feel the role of the liberal arts plays currently in higher education versus mm -hmm. pre-professional education, like for black people? Mm. Oh no, <laughs> not that part. Yeah, I, yeah. Don't make so. So Tim, Tim's yeah. rephrasing a question of mine, yeah. and he has he he omitted very conveniently an important point I was trying to make. Thank mm. you for your response, Doctor mm. Paul, in advance. Yeah, yeah. So we know that 
um, Black people have been having this conversation for a very long time, right? Back to Booker T. Washington and hey, W.E. Hey, hey, I have a look, 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 look at my copious notes. Ask her about souls of Black folks versus up from slavery. Ooh. Yes. Come on. So so that question is rooted in history, right? And it's a question that we ask all the time. And even as a professor at the University of Richmond, my students, my Black students, who I spend a lot of time with, um, are also navigating this tension. So it's not going anywhere. It's been here for a long time. Obviously, I went the liberal education route. I'm also now at an institution that is also of the liberal arts genre. And so I wholeheartedly believe in them um, because they teach you not what to think, but how to think. And then when you know how to think, you can do anything. And so I really love liberal arts. And for, you know, the race dynamic, I think we need Black thinkers. We need Black um, um, thought agents. We need that just as much as we need the Black doctors. And so I really don't think, um, which is probably, you know, a a cop out, right? I really don't think it's one or the other. I think we need them both. But I I would be, um, I would be, I'm mistaken to say that I don't think that a liberal arts education is really impactful. I think you can go on and get extra, you know, um, specialized things after, right? We know that, you know, going to grad school is now like more common than not. So you can go and do a specialized MBA, PA program, MD, JD, but that liberal arts, that how to think that's so critical because it allows you to maneuver and shift whichever way you want to go. The, the word is pivot, Dr. Fogg. At this juncture in the academy, the word is not shift, it's pivot. Liberal well, education or, allows right? you to, 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 to semantic, semantic, semantic. Again, we're, we're saying the same thing, right? <laughs> we're saying the same thing. Yeah, so, I let, think... Let, let, I think I think a liberal arts education helps us to pivot, right? When and how we want to, right? So yes, 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 I'm a big proponent of liberal arts, yes. Okay, so the context in which that question came is from our book. I wrote a very impassioned chapter about what is a liberal arts education and, and is it right for us? And I never get the title right, but the crux of it is, is liberal arts a luxury? Right. So again, um, that should now inspire you to read the book. Tim's always talking about his great chapters that he took the lead on inspiring people to read the book. Now I got her. She gonna read the book because of my chapter. Hey, that's, that's a complex, you know, thought, right? Um, and come I on, so so you'll come when you come back to the show. Yes. And you've read the chapter, going through the book, and I think you'll have a perspective that we definitely and our audience, most importantly wants to hear given the academic dynamics booker right. t like you said versus the boys and why people always say that longer conversation but yes we, we'd love to hear your perspective on that and maybe that's another um topic to do to do research on right when mm-hmm. you start with black families to learn more about what do they think their kids should be doing as they think about major and career yeah which um, is critically thinking about whatever they're clearly thinking about. I will plug another book too, right? That you are in conversation. It better be a Black author. It better be a Black author. <laughs> it's called Opt Out. Okay. And it does talk about major choice, right? And how um, there is this, particularly among Black community, there is this push to get the degree that will get you the job, that will get you the earnings. So 
that book is also in conversation. We're going to go, all of us are going to go do our homework and then come back and have that conversation. Because I, like I think it, it is a huge conversation and I wasn't ready for that one at all. <laughs> I like your style. I like your style. I know Tim is, Tim is poking me digitally. Shut up, man. I, I got something. <laughs> no, to no, 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 no. I, I, I just said, man, that's, that's a Spelman woman. She threw it right back at you. You talked about, yeah, Indeed, go, she did. go, go read my chapter. <laughs> you you knew your part. And hey, I hey, 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 you said a chapter. She hit, she hit you with a whole book. Oh, oh, body go, body go, body go. Like yeah, go, go, go read that, homie. And we'll talk. Um, smart people hey, say smart things. Hey, we definitely want to respect your time. Uh, sure. We, we got a couple more uh, questions. So as somebody who attended Spelman and then went to The Ohio State University, can you talk about, you know, some of the differences in your experiences uh, personally and obviously, you know, professionally now working at the University of Richmond that you see in uh, different institution types? Right. Yeah, I think, you know, there are these like hard and fast things that are obviously different, right? Spelman, very small liberal arts institution, right? In the South, in Atlanta, right? So contextually, just different. Cultural, culturally, just different. But then there are all these resource-based things that I think that Black parents are also picking up on, which makes this really sticky and really messy, right? Um, so Ohio State, you know, large land grant research institution, right? Um, 60,000 students, you know, 100,000 people touch the campus every day, right? Um, big medical campus, all of these things. And so it's easy to see on the surface, like, oh, this is larger, they have more resources, you know, fill in the blank, right? But I, I noticed not only the size, but the culture and the curriculum was just different. So I, you know, was thinking about W.E.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington and Anna Julia Cooper and all of these other, you know, diverse thinkers, right? Thinkers from diverse backgrounds, I should say. And I can't say that those were all always like recognized as being in the canon, right? Um, so I noticed both culturally the things that I was reading and the things that my peers have had read up until that point were just different. So we were just thinking about things differently. As I started in the beginning, right, I see research as a tool to um, invoke social change. And that whole perspective is a very Spelman, I think historically black college cultural thing about doing something bigger than yourself, right? So I was getting the degree, but it was about so much more than that. Hold on, hold on, Dr. Farr, are you saying your Spelman education inspired you to make an impact? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I, I, I get it now. I get it now. Thank you. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, you no were worries. going down. I just, I just like you want to make an impact. Yes, he, he's cheating. By the way, just let I you mean, know, he has, some, he has some insider knowledge, right? So he knows a little bit, right? But, but I think, I think that was all I was ever focused about. I mean, research, just doing research for fun, was not what I was about. And so it was just, it was very clear that maybe other people had other interests um, for their research, and no shade to them, right? But I was most motivated by a desire to understand these questions and then for us to do something about it. So I think like those are some of the things that stick out, you know, size is big. I would, I don't know if I would have gone to Ohio State as an undergrad just because it's so large. Um, but in terms of like culture, pedagogy, curriculum, those things were really different. Again, you are as good as advertised, meaning razor sharp. You are 
an academic bar none. So thank you. You are, this has been a great conversation. You've given us food for thought. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this exclusively, you should see Tim's body language as she was kind of going down the litany of extra importance of service and impact and how the pedagogy is all baked into this contributor to the world, to the community. Is, is that what you were saying to that Spellman and Morehouse inspired service? Please, I, I want you to have, to have your little Spellhouse fest. Do, no, do no, you, no, 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 no. I really want to be serious for a second. We obviously uh, started this project together uh, because we wanted to, you know, had this conversation. We wanted to help Black families, allies, you know, as they went about navigating this space. And so as it's evolved, obviously, we just wanted to, you know, write a book. We did not know it would have kind of impact it did sell as many copies. And obviously, we received some recognition, which is very good. But when you asked me, Shereen, why do I want to do this? What What is it that I say? On the world, education, Black families, Black students, children. Your word is impact, Tim. Is that what you'd like me to say? I, 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 yes. Yes, that's all. That's all. That's all. I, I want to say that it, it, it is truly, I think, rooted in uh, the education experience at Historical Black College and University. I, I think, you know, yes, there are people who go on Aspire for any number of things, you know, money, affluence, and things of that nature. But I think in the fabric of Historical Black College University is, is how are you going to go and impact the world and better your people? And I think that's something that is very important that, you know, yes. I want. Thank you, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I agree from being around you and some of your people and obviously Dr. Falk, other, you know, women have gone to Spelman. Yes, I believe you're all in industries. You've been groomed to, to do something important as conscientious world citizens, bravo. And, 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 some of you reap rewards financially or whatever, however we define success, but the connectedness that you all have together, um, the familial love, we've talked about that HBCUs versus PWHWIs, excuse me. Um, no, 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 I, I agree with you that you're grooming by the late, great Dr. Benjamin E. Mays, my frat brother. Um, oh, he, you're, just gonna, you're just gonna connect yourself, huh? <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, I did, I did, I did, I did. Hey, I, I thought did. you were gonna say Dr. Martin Luther King, but no. Nah, no, I, I went Dr. Mays, because Martin Luther King had to have a mentor, if I'm not correct, you know what I mean? So Dr. Mays, and, and you gave me the quote book, but anyway. And the, the, the PW, the HWI graduate, Dr. Mays. Yeah, that one, that one. That one, but anyway, like I said, no, no, you, you y'all service thing is good. Uh, I, I have no, no issues with y'all. You know, HBCU grad serving the world the way you do. Um, I have issues with other people not just thinking about long term impacts of decisions they make and you know saving or helping, providing for your nuclear family has to be at the core, in my humble opinion, before we can help the diaspora. And again. Again, what what am I gonna say, Tim? You know, you can't help the poor if you ain't got no money. You, damn, hove! You can't help. The, I can't help the poor if I'm one of them, right? Uh, like, like, that, that, come on, man! Just, I, 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 I thought we hung out enough. Nah, I, 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 I don't have as many uh, Jay Z lines okay. as you do. Um, but, but very quickly, we need to wrap up. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Doctor Falk, um, we always ask people to come on and share about schools that maybe people haven't heard of. And, you know, obviously people have heard of the University of Richmond, but can you just share a little bit 
about it, you know, with the audience and, you know, what led you to that institution? Yeah, sure. So um, the University of Richmond is in Richmond, Virginia. It is a liberal arts um, institution, um, but they do have a, a law school um, and they have a continuing uh, education school, right, where they offer, you know, courses and a number of things, including human resources. Um, but in general, it's kind of on these um, larger side because of the law school. Um, and I'm just getting my feet wet here at this institution, but I love it for its liberal arts spirit, right? Um, I am currently teaching a course on Africana studies, uh, which is so invigorating. Um, we had someone come in um, to um, present to our class, and they mentioned the fact that um, it was the most uh, diverse class that they have had ever been in. And so I feel so, um, so uh, special to be a part of that. Uh, Africana studies is just getting started here. So in comparison to other institutions who have had Africana studies, black studies, African-American studies for a very long time, we're just getting our feet wet. Um, but this actually came out of the, the, the movement of students. And so I'm really inspired by their work. They advocated for this creation of this program. And I'm here because they wanted us here. And so I'm really excited to be a part of that um, journey. But I'm, I'm I'm new here. So I'm learning. Um, I feel right at home, though, because it reminds me in many ways of Spelman because of small classes. I get to talk to my students. One student comes by, you know, every week and we just talk. Right. And I think those those that socialization from Spelman taught me how to be an educator as well. It helped me to 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 know um, how I can support students that look like me and all students in general. But I think that approach is very much so borrowed from Spelman as well. So final question that Shereen posed, uh, which sweater do you wear more? I will say that I only have one Ohio State piece of paraphernalia and I have tons of Spelman things. Spellman is on the back of my car. It's on the back of my car forever is the thing I lead with always. I'm a, I'm a proud graduate of Spellman. So yes, definitely more Spellman stuff and I need more. Uh, but I don't have any Ohio State stuff really except one t-shirt. <laughs> no, the, the, this has been great, Dr. Falk. Uh, I've, I've learned a lot. I've Again, like I said earlier in the conversation, I don't, I don't do copious notes. I'm above that. I have AI. But speaking to you made me start going the old-fashioned way, and that felt good to, to, to jot some things down to ask, and you responded well. Um, it has been an honor. Uh, Tim, if you would please close us out. But Dr. Falk, I want to say it's been an honor. We welcome to have you back. You do your homework, I'll do mine. Sounds we'll come good. Back, we'll come <laughs> back and have our discussion. Thank you so much. We can't thank you enough for this. I think, you know, part of, you know, what we wanted to do with this podcast is really inform and educate and have much bigger conversations about the multiple layers that are involved in going uh, through this college admission process. And so we talked to a lot of practitioners. So, you know, talking to an academic, talking to a scholar about their research and, you know, really, you know, having some data behind it is, is definitely helpful. And we hope that the audience, you know, really uh, gets a great benefit from this conversation we, we're having because we definitely did. Um, Shireen, you know what I'm saying? As I always say, thanks for making the call. You know what I'm saying? I am enjoying this uh, journey we are on as we are trying to make an impact in running, society, running, sir. Running, yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know. But hey, you know, and the, the primary way we're trying to do that is we got a book. What's the name of the book? The book, The Black Family's Guide. 
to college admissions and conversation about education and parenting. Your race is on sale. Go to your local Amazon. Go to understandthechoices.com. We are here for the people because we want to make sure that everyone has the information. We want to, you know, uh, shorten or close the information gap. So people get the book, come to the website, check out the podcast, share the podcast. Because all we're trying to do is make sure that our people have the information that they need to make choices about education. And those who want to support them. And if they don't have the book, Shereen. Then they're not my friend. Okay. All okay? right. Then they don't need to speak to me. Dr. Falk, thank you. Shereen, we're going to keep it moving. All right. That, you're you're a good out. man. Thank you, Dr. Falk. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.